0: All right, Facebook. It's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. Thank you so much. I know I'm running a couple minutes late. It's all right. Some technical issues. I'm trying something new. I told you guys that I was trying to um showcase my young girl, my growing men this month for the month of June. So I'm going to um uh get started with that. So it's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. It's Wednesday, June 3rd. Happy Hump Day. Happy Hump. Uh-oh. I can't unmute. Oh, there you go. Happy hump day, Quentin.
1: Happy hump day. <laughs> How are you today? I'm good. I'm well.
0: All right. So as promised, we start the show with three cheers of joy. So I have my three cheers of joy. I have a Sprite Zero that's here, which the show, because I have Quentin here is sponsored by Sprite Zero. So I'll go first. <laughs> three cheers of joy. Three cheers of joy are three moments of self celebration that have nothing to do with anybody else but you. Something that's happened that affects you. You don't, don't consider anybody else. How does it make you feel and how do you grow from that? And that's what we do each week. So my first cheer of joy. My first cheer of joy is I'm still exercising. So cheers to that. Yum. Cheers. Yes, so last mm-hmm. month I um, was walking every day. That was my thing. I wanted to walk between nine and 10 miles a day. So I had collectively 596,000 steps last month, which was about 19,000 steps a day. And I had about 244 miles. So I walked about 244 miles last month. So that was my goal. This month I'm doing still walking, but about 12,000 steps a day. And I've incorporated my yoga. So cheers to still exercising because you guys know I need that from my brain. My second cheer of joy is that I'm happy that I came out of my COVID stupor before we got into all of this silver unrest. Like I don't, I couldn't even imagine being in that depression that I was in in April. And I'm very happy that I was able to come out of it before this happened. So cheers to knowing yourself well enough to get out of the depression. Cheers to that. And my third cheer of joy is this summer break. I don't have anything to do, but it's summer break. So cheers to summer break. Cheers. All right, and so I told Quentin before he came on that I wanted him, he wouldn't mind to share his three cheers of joy. Three moments of self celebration. What you got, Quentin?
1: Okay, so uh, my first cheer of joy is that I was able to drive to my friend's house who lives in Riverview, which is about a 40 minute drive for me. Okay. And uh, I'm new to driving, so this is my longest drive. And it put me in a spot of re- responsibility. And I was happy that I was able to handle that. and do it while enjoying myself and do it flawlessly. Um, Continuing on that, I was happy that I was able to see my friends, because since we've been in quarantine for two months, we haven't been able to talk or anything. So I was glad that I got to see them. And my third cheer of joy is that tomorrow, I actually get to go to another friend's house to spend time with him. Oh,
0: wow. Oh, cheers to all of that. Cheers. Mm -hmm. So... Let me ask you real quick before I go on to my next little part and we get into your interview. You said you guys haven't gotten an opportunity to hang out. So this is since, and I didn't even think about that. Since we've been on the quarantine, you haven't seen them since you guys left school before spring break, right?
1: Right. I haven't seen them since, uh, I think I officially like went on to quarantine March 17th. Okay. And I wasn't let out until uh, last Saturday.
0: Till last Saturday.
1: So Saturday, yeah.
0: Yeah. And you guys spend a lot of time together, even on the weekends.
1: hmm Yep. But we've still been talking. We've still been on FaceTime and communicating and playing games together and stuff like that. Okay.
0: But it was yeah. good to see each other in person.
1: It was good to see each other in person. Also oh. that uh, I was the only person I was supposed to go to Cedric's house. Mm-hmm. But when I showed up, we called my other friends, Tyler and Noah, and they spontaneously decided to come too. Yeah. And I was also glad that their parents let them.
0: Oh, that was nice. They were, their parents were probably happy to have them out of the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're probably like, get out of the house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, <laughs> that's my segment of the show on three cheers of joy, Quentin. And I do that so that my listeners will understand how it's important, how important it is to take the goodness from your regular every day and celebrate it because it makes you feel a lot better when you can find goodness in your day. Mm -hmm. right instead of we so get caught up in the negative stuff but if you can just pull those little things even if they're mundane just pull them and celebrate that they Mm happen to you and take some goodness it makes the next week's better next week better so i do that um, i do that every week to get started and then my next segment is called um facebook post of the week and i don't have many this week guys because i do want to spend the time talking to quentin because i just feel like he's going to bring so much goodness to our ears and just what we think about our growing men so i want to make sure i spend the time there but i had to share this because one of my facebook friends posted it his name is um yiddy l so yiddy hit we call him yiddy yiddy says in 2020 so far in January, there's a talk of World War III and tensions with Iran. <clears throat> In February, the coronavirus begins. In March, Carol fucking Baskin.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> In April, coronavirus, everyone is now on lockdown. May, murder hornets and shit. <laughs> June, riots, looting, and Target is liter- literally targeted. What's next for July, aliens, zombies, another $1,200 cash prize for surviving America. Stay tuned for next month's episode of What the Fucking Fuck America. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought that was so funny that he put that together and it's really witty and just comical because we're all in the same place right now just trying to figure out what can possibly happen. 2020 is definitely, It's going to be the year that we talk about. Right. So, and also before we get started, let me say happy birthday to Joe Cash. He is um, another one of my Facebook friends. It's his birthday. He's a Gemini. Everybody knows he's a Gemini and everybody all over the United States celebrates him because he makes friends everywhere that he goes. If it's your birthday, he has a picture with you. He's posting it. So he celebrates everybody's birthday like his own. It's his own. And this is his. So happy birthday, Joe Cash. Happy Double Cheers. All right, Quentin, let's get started with you. So, okay. tell me a little bit about yourself. You're still in high school.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, yes, I'm 17. Uh, I'm going to the 12th grade next year after our tumultuous ending to the 11th grade year. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to, <laughs> go to start with Chris High School. I'm in the IB program. Um, right now, I have a 5.0 GPA weighted. A 5.1? Um,
0: 5.0. Jesus. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, I do. I trade stocks to make money.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: if you do trade stocks, I advise getting into DraftKings because they're going to go up. Uh, what is it, DraftKings? Return. DraftKings is an app where people gamble on sports. Okay. So with the news that NBA, um, MLB, and... I think it was NBA and MLB are coming back uh, uh-huh. in June and July. Uh, DraftKings has already been going up from $10, about mm-hmm. $10 to $15, and right now sitting at 40 So it's expected to hit $50 in a buzz soon as the sports come back because the stock started uh, about January 1st, 2020. So this is the early stages. Mm-hmm. So their stock is going to be well over worth over $100 soon since their wow. their app is so successful. So I do recommend getting into that stock. Did you Um,
0: buy some of that stock already?
1: I do. I have six shares. You have six shares? I got in at 25, and right now sitting at 40.
0: Oh, wow. Mm. Well, good. Um, How do you get a, well, let me ask you this. How do you get a 5.0 GPA? Because I know when I was in school, I think four was.
1: Well, because in the IB program, the classes are weighted. So it means that, uh, so for example, in a traditional classroom, if you get an A, you would get four points for that A. And IB, you would also get four points for that A, but you would also get uh, extra points for passing the class based on how well you did in it. So um, yeah, you have a weighted and unweighted GPA.
0: Okay, well good, all right, that's cool. So I was telling my listeners last week that I was going to start, change the format a little bit and bring guests in for mm. um, June, because I was so interested in talking to the growing men about how they feel about this civil unrest. And I initially came up with this in light of um, Ahmad Arbery. Now, I right. came up with that. So between then and now, we now have the George, with George Floyd's murder. Mm-hmm. And all of the protests, which are glorious, protesting is mm-hmm. great, but then we have the rioting and the looting. So that's kind of where I want to spend uh, the time of our conversation to see okay. how you feel about it. And we, I sent you some questions and we can just mm-hmm. kind of have a conversation just to see what your thoughts are, what, what your mood is and mm-hmm. kind of go from there. So um, did you, first of all, did you see the uh, Ahmaud Arbery video? Yes. What did you think about that?
1: Uh, I mean, I can only uh, only felt how everybody else should have felt. I mean, I was disgusted. I was appalled. Uh, I couldn't believe what I was seeing because he didn't resist arrest or anything. And that officer totally uh, disregarded his request and disregarded his human rights just on basic terms and are you uh, talking about Arbery?
0: are you talking about ahmaud arbery or george floyd
1: i'm talking about floyd i'm sorry sorry. so ahmaud arbery hmm? Mm -hmm. i'm sorry so with the ahmaud arbery video um (laughs) that also made me very mad because one they aren't they're trying to make a civil they they basically baited him like he was running down the street and the car was In front of him so they were waiting for him to show up and as Mm -hmm. he's trying to run past they try to stop him and they have loaded guns in their hands so obviously it's a threat to his life already so naturally if somebody comes to stop you with a loaded gun and you don't know who they are they aren't labeled police officers they're just random civilians you're going to be in a place of stress you're going to be in a place where you're trying to like get out of the situation as fast as possible and they shot him cold blood and cold blooded i i I can't, like, I can't put into words how tragic that event was. Um, Those two men do need to serve their time uh, to the full extent. Right. Um, It just.
0: So that's that's what my thing was about. For me, seeing that, it was like, um, what the hell? Like excuse my language but it's like what because it doesn't make sense in my mind as a civilian if i see someone that i think has done something wrong to judge them and to shoot them like my mind doesn't operate in that space and then when they're with him being so young and by himself Mm. i just think that the police should have been called you know what i'm saying
1: like Mm. And even if the police were called, why are you on the back of your truck? Like you have two armed men against somebody who doesn't have a weapon, you know. And I did not. Uh, what What made me even more upset about the situation was the reaction uh, from the Republican side, because,
0: sorry,
1: because the on the Republican side, they're known for just brushing off police brutality. They don't acknowledge it. They don't think it's something serious. They always try to deflect by talking about black and black violence. In this case, all they did was deflect by saying, oh, he was robbing from an abandoned building. But the footage showed that multiple people had entered that abandoned building, the person who owned the abandoned building. Well, no, 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 the building in construction. The person who owned the building in construction never reported anything stolen. He actually said himself that he didn't want to release that video because they knew people would flip it into that narrative. And I, even if he was robbing from an abandoned building, that does not mean he deserves death. Especially right. at the hands of a civilian and not at the hands of law. So I don't. I feel that those civilians were wrong in taking uh, enforcing enforcing the law into their own hands. And uh, I feel like it takes a very entitled and malicious, selfish person to even think that that was okay, or to even fathom that he deserved death because he was in a building in construction.
0: Right. So and and then. So, so the thing is, when I first started talking about this about three weeks ago, I was like, "Oh, this happened in April," but then when I started looking as I was talking, he was murdered in February, and it took from mm. February to May, end of February to May, for arrest to even be made. They like they
1: didn't make the arrest because of what happened. They made the arrest because people saw the video. I mean, the DA's office, me. the police the head of police came out and said that the DA's office specifically told them not to arrest him
0: and so do and you think do you think that that's something that's common because it's the south i mean there's a history in the south that people are slower I think, or not
1: i just think the entire system of police right now in this country is has many flaws that need to be fixed immediately because that's a very important aspect of our community i mean like as the provisions of police like the 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 Way most cops get off is that the law is was the force reasonable, and in that in a job where you are determining whether somebody wakes up alive tomorrow or wakes or or dies and is put in a cast to get a couple weeks later, it should not be was the force reasonable, it should be was it necessary because if the the you can't fixate on whether it was reasonable because that's based on a, that's based on a subjective opinion. Yep. and when it's necessary it's objective. I don't feel that people's opinion should come and uh, people's opinion should cloud the, the or take away from the ruling that should be carried out based on what they did.
0: Right okay so that that was when I started when I saw that I was just really angry because I was like, this is a child. I mean, he's 25, 26. Like, this mm-hmm. is a child. Like he's like post-adolescent. So I immediately start thinking, of course, of my own child. Like
1: mm-hmm. what,
0: what do I do for my young black growing man to put him in a better position? And so that's going to lead me before we get into George Floyd, that'll lead me into a couple of the questions that I have for you. And, um, we talked about, well, I'd sent them to you earlier. So let me go to them, probably remember them. Find you, there you go. All right, so my question for you, growing up, do you recall, cause I'm thinking of how to protect my child. Do mm-hmm. you recall your parents having specific conversations with you about race or race relations?
1: Um, I do, I do think it was mostly uh, my dad. Uh, happened fairly recently like it just happened today because we discussed the fact that because the road from my house to where Cedric's house is it it gets very dark at night and I was driving from his house to my house in 10 30 and in light of all the things that's happening like it was my first it was one of my first long drives and uh he had to he was he told me he was worried because one I'm black two I'm driving his Mercedes Benz and I'm 17 so it it already looks like from from a racist cop's perspective it's like this
0: nigga got too much
1: right so (laughs) uh luck like on that street there's no street lights so if I was to be pulled over we'd be in complete darkness right and there would be nobody around to film like what happened to me so I, I I mean there was there was very good opportunity for a cop like uh Derek Chauvin to come and do something harmful to me or even kill me. So he was worried about my well-being when I was driving from here to Cedric's house. And also Cedric is from Haiti. So, and he came here when he was five. So he knows very well about the injustices that African-Americans face in this country. So even he, like six times before I left, he was like, please be careful. Like, I don't want you to get pulled over because of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it's a product of the culture that's created in this country. So I've had many conversations about my race and with my dad about it, um, my parents specifically, um, just about I have to be more cautious about my surroundings because of my skin color.
0: Do you yeah. think that more of the the cautious conversations come from dad and not from mom, right?
1: Yes. You,
0: yes, okay. So mm-hmm. dad gives them more and and you think that, do you think that's because he, he too was a young black man and he mm-hmm. too had to go through the same things or has he shared any of with you?
1: Um, I do think it has to do, I think it mainly has to do with the the personalities of both parents because, uh, my dad is more strict and, uh, reactive to situations. So when things happen, like what happened to George Floyd or Ahmaud Arbery hits him very like center and he takes it very personally and it really affects him like personally. So I feel that he uses that. Or that effect causes him to be more uh, talkative or more concerned about my well-being. Mm-hmm. Whereas my mom is, she's very laid back and uh, chill, and she believes that everything happens for a reason and that we're put at the right place at the right time. I mean, there's sometimes where that goes wrong, but she's not. She doesn't have that personality to to take it and use it as, uh, "Oh, please be cautious here and there." I mean, she does warn me, but that's how it is.
0: She's just more like just go with it yeah yeah yes. so have even having the having the conversation about being safe and driving from Cedric's and it's your first time driving from Cedric's
1: mm-hmm.
0: did you have a any apprehension like I'll just leave the car and get an uber or did you did you have any of those thoughts or were you um, just like uh
1: I was just more worried about not crashing I mean I didn't have like <laughs> I didn't have any moments where I was close to crashing but There was definitely times where, because on that back road, the speed limit is about 55 and everybody on that back road is speeding because uh, around where I live, like all the roads, like there's not a lot of police on those roads, especially certain roads and that one is one of them. So everybody was going like 70, 80 miles per hour. Like I was driving 55 miles per hour going to speed limit and a truck with a trailer came and passed me. Oh, wow. So uh, so me going to speed limit was going too slow. So there was like times where like, I would be going with the flow of traffic because that's what I've been taught. And I'd look down and be at 70, and be like, oh, I need to slow down because I could be just pulled over. Mm-hmm. And, like, even getting pulled over, I feel like for anybody is a scary situation as it is. But uh, yeah, that was uh, the only thing that really crossed my mind while doing that drive.
0: Okay. So, finally, in the, I'll wrap up with Arbery. So finally with Arbery, the father, the son, and the videographer have all been arrested. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure what the charges were, but they've all been arrested after the, one of the judges wrote um, a letter explaining why they weren't arrested, mm-hmm. talking about and this is the thing that pisses me off, the lack of education of people. They wrote, and they were quoting law to support why they weren't arrested. Almost writing the narrative on why it was okay to kill this man. And that, I I was really pissed off about it because it's like, if if you can't read and I can read, you're trusting me to tell you what's in the book. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, how do you get to a place of understanding your own comprehension of the law? Like, and maybe that's where the lawyers come in, maybe that's where right. the whatever comes in. But that right. that really kind of had me in a tough place because I couldn't understand why it took them so long to arrest for this child's murder. And I then guess, hmm? I
1: mean I feel like it's like, it's it's not something that you should do as a police officer to cite someone's intelligence as a reason why they sh- shouldn't be arrested for committing a crime i mean as american citizens we all agree to popular sovereignty which is we give up some of our rights or we give up some of our freedoms in uh in exchange for rights and no matter how high your iq is i feel like it's a failure of the community if you feel like murdering somebody is okay just because their intelligence is lower than the next man the smarter you get should not uh, determine how many crimes you should be able to commit and how many you should be able to
0: right especially
1: one to disagree this degree
0: so not that not that the smarter you are the more crimes you get to commit it's almost like the lack of intelligence put you at more at risk of those smarter than you now the manipulators i mean and it doesn't have to be murder it could be manipulation if somebody thinks they're smarter than you mm-hmm. they run game you know even those types of things but i'm just saying like what has to happen to protect everybody like what and i mean and that's what we had the police for mm-hmm. and each other but what do we have what has to happen for everybody to be protected and i guess that leads us to George Floyd, right, because that Mm -hmm. was unexpected. Um, So George Floyd was supposedly trying to pass a $20 bill. Now, already, Mm -hmm. $20, uh, arresting somebody for a $20 -hmm. bill, fraud, going through anything other than if they even took off running, it's like, we'll get them later. Like, that doesn't require excessive force.
1: The problem is, one, the $20 was real, and two, he actually gave back the products that he had bought with that $20. So there was no reason to arrest him in the first place.
0: So they were, so these, okay, so the story was that it was fake, but now they know that it was real, mm-hmm. but the store owner had already called about it. How did, so the store owner called the police to say he's passing this fraudulent money or this fake money.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then the police came.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And then they're going to try to arrest him, but instead they murdered him. mm mm-hmm. And now all four of them have been arrested, whereas Chauvin mm-hmm. has been a second-degree murder instead of third, right? Did you right. see that? So shape?
1: all the rest of the three officers have, uh, I think it's like assisting second-degree murder. So they're all facing 40 years each.
0: Okay, okay. So here's the thing. So this man is murdered in the middle of the street. People are video, Thanks, that's technology, right? Thanks to technology, people are able to see this. Mm-hmm. Now, the 17-year-old or the young girl who recorded it, what do you think the impact of recording and watching this murder, how do you think that will impact her life?
1: Um, I mean, I do feel that that video is going to be a very important piece of history going forward. So to know that she recorded it, I mean, it's very traumatizing to watch and record. But... Uh, she should be. I do like thank her for recording it because if she didn't, it wouldn't have got out the way it did. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think it's just traumatizing to see in person up close and then have to record it because at this point, because at this point, the culture around police is that every single time you get pulled over, you have to record, mm-hmm. and the phone camera offers more protection for American citizens than them police themselves. So at this point, Americans have to use a phone camera to protect themselves from police, because it's been documented like during the protest, there was a video and they had taken this dude behind uh, a wall and started beating him. And as soon as they found out they start recording, they stopped.
0: Right.
1: So the camera plays a very important role now in almost policing the police because they know they're being recorded
0: so even with saying the camera plays an important role do you think that there would be some legislature there couldn't be any legislature at this time to stop people from recording could there like that would that wouldn't pass at all right like Mm
1: -hmm.
0: not at this point
1: that would be dumb. every single cop should have a camera every person should be able to record freely uh i mean what if you make people not record what are you trying to hide you know Right. If you're trying to pass a bill that stops people from recording the actions of police, you're obviously admitting that the actions of the police are detestable and that they shouldn't be on camera because they prove something that African-Americans have been trying to protest for decades.
0: Yes. Okay. Do you, okay, so let me, I'm going to ask this. Um. Do you think that, so this incident, this murder of George Floyd would definitely definitely change, change the world. I mean, there's protests in every state and multiple countries around the world. So it's finally like America has had this yucky, oozing sword that keep somebody keeps putting a bandage on or covering it up. And now it's been seen. Do you think this... Will change the way that other countries look at the United States.
1: I think what, it already has.
0: You think it already has?
1: It already has. I mean, for other countries, for people who aren't affected by any of the laws or policing that happen in America to come out themselves and protest it on a global scale shows that the narrative or the way they view American police has already changed.
0: It's already changed, yeah. Because if they
1: feel so moved by that video and our movement, then it it is obviously changed something within the way they see the American police. Yes.
0: Okay. I agree with that. So you, so you, how many interactions have you had personally with the police in your life?
1: Um, in the United
0: States or other countries?
1: I mean, I've had one, but they, well, I've had a couple, but they've always been there for somebody else. Okay. So like I had one where the police pulled up and they were, uh, looking for somebody and they asked like have you seen this person or um they came to go to my next neighbor and they hopped out the car and me and my dad just happened to be standing outside and they were like is this 310 and we were like yes Bye. but they were looking for the neighbor which is a 311
0: okay do you have so you you, you mentioned your friends earlier your friends are yeah. they from uh a culture, a black or brown culture, or multiple cultures, or like, what is the descriptive kind of of your friends that you keep with
1: you? So my closest friends, so first is Cedric, he's from Haiti, he was born there, Uh, he moved in there when he was five and came to America, so he was uh, very much surrounded by a black culture when he was in Haiti. Um, My friend Noah is from Puerto Rico, and uh, he came here, pretty sure he came here early in his life, so He's been in the like Brandon area for a while. Uh, my friend Tyler was born in Brandon, he's been in Brandon. Um, and then my friend Ethan, uh, he's British and Indian, so he's born in Los Angeles and now he, he's lived here most of his life, though, or all of his life. He's lived in America all of his life, but he's lived here. Yeah.
0: Do you think that, well, see, all so, all of you. No one is just, n- not just, no one is Caucasian-American. Everybody's kind of something. From, uh, Tyler's having,
1: Caucasian-American.
0: He's, he's Caucasian-American. Okay. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like you're less than because you're black or brown? Not at all.
1: Not, not at, at all. all. Okay. No.
0: And that's not anything you've ever been told, right? Like that somebody's better than you or? Mm-mm. Okay. OK, so I just wonder about stuff like that with having friends from different cultures for the young folks, for the older mm-hmm. people, my generation, there's a sometimes a lot of problems establishing those cross culture relationships because, you know, we were kind of taught not to, you know, that was kind of the thing. So um, I just wonder with you guys, you general Zers, what does it look like? <laughs> um, does, uh, and yeah, so I was wondering what it looks like. So, um, and you you said you don't believe it. you don't believe you're limited in your abilities because you're a growing black man, right? You don't. No, you don't. So, what do you think? You have one more year of high school. What do you think you're going to do after high school?
1: Um, I hope to attend the University of Florida. Uh, I do want to major in something uh, along the lines of biology, along the lines of biology, because that is my favorite subject. Um, and I do want to major or minor in something with business, because I do want to own my own business when i'm older uh there are certain things like own a business or real estate trade stocks um pretty much like i want to do my, my main business in biology and i want to have separate uh like separate sources of income that are passive
0: so some past streams of income
1: um, i also do mm-hmm. Yeah, I also do like, cause uh, I've always, when I was younger, about eleven, uh, I became like mm. almost obsessed with like the concept of money. Not because it buys you material things, but because money allows you access. And even if that access does come in things like material things, but access is in uh, if I want to go somewhere, I can go if I do have the money. And I do feel like money is the medium which moves the world. Like, cause if I have a lot of it, you can do, you can help like area you can help your community you can help your country you can donate to things i do hope when i'm older to be uh, a philanthropist in a sense uh donate a good portion of my money because i do feel like giving back to your community is one of the best things you can do to help the future generations um and the generations now so uh, when i'm older i do want to set myself up to make a lot of money
0: right do you so when you mentioned doing for your community and this is a thing this is a question that I always kind of struggle with because I don't necessarily have a physical 10 miles by 10 miles community space that I mm-hmm. exist in so do you think community and where you're growing up or you think global community so when you think what when you speak of community what does that mean to you
1: I mean I do think that everybody is part of multiple communities I mean you have your neighborhood block or you have your city or you have your country which i do think we should consider ourselves a community because it would be more unity in the country itself um or do you have like communities that associate with certain demographics like for example if you're gay you have your community which is also gay or if you're a lesbian or bi or stuff like that mm-hmm. or if you're black you have your black community you know that's your people or that's my people um so i do think you donate to causes that because it's a proximity to proximity effect as you donate to causes that would affect people like you. So that's what I mean when I say donate to communities. Okay.
0: Um so do you so you said you you mentioned that you wanted to make money because it allowed you to go places and to do Mm. things, right? Not just to buy you stuff. So you're Mm. not big on buying stuff. You're big on going doing stuff.
1: I mean I do enjoy my (laughs) material things. I mean Yeah, I do enjoy my material things, but uh, I also enjoy like traveling or like, say, if I wanna go somewhere, the amenities to get there, like if I wanna fly to Italy, like we did, uh, but I wanna get a first class seat, you know, I can do that if I have the money. Like we did it. So I wanna get, so I wanna get, I wanna have the best option in my experiences that I have. Right. Mm.
0: Do you find that in speaking with your peers, that their thought processes are similar to yours I mean even in just saying what you're saying so I mean there are some that are like some new Jordans are coming out and I'm gonna break the bank because I want these new Jordans but you're like well I'd rather have a business class first class seat so I won't spend the money there I'll keep it like do you Um, find that
1: when we first met I don't think so but uh because we've been friends for like three years now so we do have our certain influences on each other. And one of those influences I have on them, I think, is in the area of, like, how they think of money. Like, <laughs> Cedric and Noah got their first jobs recently, and they hired me as their financial advisor to tell oh them, my like, gosh. what they should do with their money when they get it. So I do think um, I've made them think more about investments, especially at, like, this age. Because a lot of kids don't think about investments when you're 17. Cause you're just, like, right. I'm 17, I'm still figuring everything out. So I do think I made them think more about, like, how to use your money to make more money.
0: Okay. Well, that's really smart. And and you, if, how did you, what did you do to start trying to make some money? Like, how did you start that?
1: Um, Remember? I do remember when I was younger. uh, I've been, like, studying stocks for a while. Like, ever since, probably since I was 11. Um, I did have a binary options account a couple years back. (laughs) that didn't work out because i did i wasn't knowledgeable enough and binary options is a very uh, finicky market it's almost like gambling um so i don't do that anymore but i do buy like actual shares of stocks now uh i've always been like inquisitive so i read a book called the richest man in babylon and that was just to teach you like how to manage your money so that you can put yourself in a position to make more so that taught me about saving and uh where to invest your money or stuff like that um, basically just using the internet and my resources or looking up like how to make money as a 15 year old stuff like that so I learned like on certain websites I do data entry which is you tell companies that you'll put data in like an excel spreadsheet for them it'll pay you like 15 dollars an hour mm-hmm. or there's so many ways to make money now it's like especially with the internet
0: do you think that So do you think that a lot of, that many kids, black or brown, would not get caught up in kind of the fray or get stuck if they had some different things that they were interested in outside of what Mm. they know? Because yours sounds like you're speaking of a a place that you kind of taught yourself and you ventured on your own because when you started um, doing your stocks you didn't you don't seem like you had any parental guidance with you on that you just were teaching yourself <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um. so what do you think about so what advice would you give someone that's say 15 14 15 is trying to figure out how not to get caught in the fear of what could happen because I think Um, that's how I think of the police so because I can't speak from the black or brown male perspective I can only speak from my perspective Mm -hmm. but if there has to be some ideas about how to protect yourself but how to continue to live
1: Mm -hmm. um I definitely think there should be an emphasis on education and patience in our community especially in the black community or the brown or any community that lives um in an area uh or just specifically to a kid i think i would tell them to put an emphasis on education and patience because i feel so that right now there's a lack of emphasis on education i mean i do think it's coming back but it's just that the culture that we've made like glorifies being or in a gang or shooting people which i don't really think has a really big effect but i do think people are a product of their environment So for me, I value education probably because I grew up in a family that has valued education for decades. I mean, my dad's a lawyer, his dad's a lawyer. Like I have family members that are doctors, have like a PhD in economics and stuff like that. So my family has surrounded me with people that value education. And I feel like growing up in that environment, it made me value education. Um, I did have to learn patience myself though, but that was just, that was from trying to do things too fast in losing what I had so uh, if you have education emphasis on education because um, being educated is one of the best things you can be because it'll, it'll take you places I mean you can have intelligent conversations and once you can have intelligent conversations you can have those conversations with people like you can get in positions that you weren't able to get in if you're not educated with patients you need patience because if you don't you're going to want to try the thing that's going to make money the fastest and that usually leads to either losses or it leads to being in something that's not legal and that gets you in places where you don't want to in situations where you don't want to be um so i do think being patient about using your money to invest it to make more money and using your education to put yourself in a job that supplies that money that you use to invest is a great uh structure to build upon as a 15 year old
0: there's so there's a lot of people that will say um college isn't for everyone and there's mm-hmm. that comes from a lot of families college isn't for mm-hmm. everyone or he would he just need to get a job or she what 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 would you if someone told you well college isn't for everyone what do you think you would say in response
1: to that um i'm not gonna say college is for everyone but I don't think college is for everyone at all I mean I do think personally it's for me because that's the type of field I want to work in like say if you want to go to a technical school or so like in our neighborhood we have or in our community we have 10 big technical high school where you learn like a trade, or you learn how to be a mechanic you know construction work and stuff like that college isn't for everyone but I do think that you should be on a path that can put you in a stable job and even if it's in a stable job, because once you're in that stable job, I don't think that should be the end point. The problem I have is that people think that you go to college you get a job and you're set. I don't think that should be the end point at all for the structure. I think the structure should be you go to college, you get a job. And once you get that job, you can now use your money personally to make investments, to make more money, because there's two ways you could use, there's two ways you can make money is by uh, using your time or using your own money. So if you invest your time, like you work a nine to five, 40 hours a week, um, there's a finite amount of money you can make. But if you use your, if you learn how to use your money, if you learn how to use your money, the more money you make, the more money you have, the more money you can make. So there's not a limit on how much money you can make that week. Like you could be making $200 that week. And then a year you could be making $4,000 a week based on your investments, not even on your own personal job. So I do think the structure should be learned how to, I do think there should be more emphasis on learning how to use money to make investments.
0: I think the thing that you just said that is just warms my heart is that you said, I think it's for me. And I just believe that so many people don't understand the importance of seeing themselves, not other people. Um, Seeing themselves and you said, I think it's for me, right? And that's a very mature response because a lot of people don't understand that concept of Mm. you're only in control of you, right? That's Mm. the only person that you have any control over. So I really love that you said that. I also love that you said that if you were talking to a 15 year old, that education and patience would be the things that you tell them because you understand from your own experience that of impetuous spirit to do Mm. right? like i wanted i wanted and then having to deal with the disappointment and the dang it didn't happen and the loss and the you know that kind of Mm. thing so that is a big deal and that's one of the things that i stress to my children Mm. is that you got to calm down (laughs) (laughs) chill hey chill out calm down you can't get through it if you can't see it and chaos doesn't Mm. allow you to see it so we have about um, seven minutes left. So I want to say this really, I want to talk about this really quick. So we have, this is back to the protests. We have these protests going on with the hashtag Black Lives Matter. So we have all of these right. protests happening, bringing attention to the importance and significance of Black Lives mm. Mattering, being of importance. So we have that my concern with this black Lives with the black lives matter not anything negative my mm. concern is once the attention is the spotlight is on the black lives mattering being of uber importance what then has to happen to the black and brown people in the community to them to matter to themselves because there's a lot of pain mm-hmm there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of poverty. There's a lot of, Mm. so what do you think has to happen for the life to matter? As you just said to me, how do what do we need, what needs to happen for people to understand their importance?
1: Um, I do think that people need to be more in touch with themselves. So uh, with social media, internet, it's very easy to get lost in that. You're like you wake up, you get on your phone. Before you go to sleep, you're on your phone. Throughout the day, you're on your phone. And I do think there's times where people need to take a moment and or like you do their three cheers of joy, take some time and appreciate what matters to you. You know, I feel like there are things that you can do to get in touch with yourself. Like be alone with your thoughts. Like meditation is really good because like just for 10 minutes, you sit alone with your thoughts. And after that 10 minutes, really you break down when you sit there alone with your thoughts, you pretty much analyze like what's going on in your life currently or analyze what's going on in the community. So you analyze that you come to a conclusion by the end of your meditation, you feel that you know what's going on, you know? So you have a grip on things after that meditation. I do think daily, that would be a good way to get in touch with yourself to uh, like to matter to yourself. You need to take time to really... Or like to matter to yourself, you have to take time to take care of yourself. So like uh, having days where you pamper yourself or I I always say, I'll buy something and say, I always gotta treat myself because it's just important to appreciate yourself as a person. Because you have to realize that you're always constantly trying to make decisions for other people, especially in this day and age with social media. You're always trying to make decisions like, oh, "I'm gonna do this because it's gonna make this person happy." But you need some most of the time. You need to do stuff that's gonna make yourself happy. Keep yourself happy, and yes. once you do that, once you value your own happiness over everybody else's, I feel like everybody else will matter.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. That's a very good, very mature way to look at it. We sometimes we get so lost sometimes, and. Even me as a parent and having children, sometimes I get lost in my kids, blah, blah, blah. But I have mm-hmm. to pull my my adult kids. I have to pull myself out of it because it's not mine. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. you got to know when it's time for you to bow out. Like, this has nothing to do with me. How do I stay focused? How do I stay on me? And that's a really, that's that's hard. And people do get mm-hmm. lost. And I was having a conversation with someone and then I think they got unhappy with me, but they were talking about me educating my son about racism. And I was like, well, what do you want me to educate him about? Because I feel I feel like racism is the is a social construct and it'll be known. I don't have to teach it mm. because we under we will hear about it. We understand it. We know mm. it's gonna come in some form. There's something that's gonna come. My thing is I have to teach my children that they're the best that they can be. I can't give them a reason to feel less than. But that had, I had to get in a place to think of myself Mm. as the best before I could give that to my children, that they're the best. You get what I'm saying? Mm. So, but that was me and plenty of self-care and exercising a lot and trying to be happy and trying to be balanced. And sometimes, sometimes I'm not, sometimes I lose my shit. And you know what? I have to apologize for losing my shit, but Mm -hmm. I'm getting um, definitely a lot better. But I love that you understand that people have to see see value in themselves before anybody else will see value. Like Mm
1: -hmm. you have
0: to know that you're top-notch or no one else is gonna think that you're Mm top-notch. And I love that about you. And I love that about our conversation and your confidence and your intelligence. Right, that literally blows me away every single time. So I appreciate you. So, is there anything you want to add before we wrap up? We got a couple minutes.
1: Um, I really enjoyed this. Did did. you? (laughs) Do it again.
0: You want to do it again?
1: Uh, Yeah, I can't see like what people are saying, so I want to go like on after and read the comments.
0: Yeah, I can't either. I was trying to figure (laughs) that out, but this is my first time using the zoom so that we can mm-hmm. be side by side. Um, yeah. And I can uh, send you the link. Um,
1: uh, but I, do think, I do think what's happening currently is gonna force a change. I mean, to see public outrage across the globe and not just in your city
0: mm-hmm. is gonna
1: put a lot of pressure on what's happening right now. And I don't think there's a way they can just sweep this under the rug Oh no! And I don't. I also don't think we should stop it. Just getting convictions with those are officers. I mean, this is something that Black people have been protesting for decades. I mean, all the way back to the 1900s. I mean, it, mm-hmm. this culture, this aspect of our culture, is almost prehistoric, and it shouldn't be here, anyways. So, um, I do support. Huh? You do
0: support what?
1: I do support the protests. I support. I don't support the looting, but I feel like. I don't support the looting, but even if I don't, I don't think that's a focal, I, I don't think that's important enough about the situation we're actually protesting, because all, all people are going to do is use that looting to distract from the message, right, so I wish the looting wasn't there, so that the message, there'd be no way to come back against the message, mm-hmm. um, but I also don't think it's important enough to take away from the message at hand, right, um, you know, Biden 2020, of course <laughs> uh, you ready <right>. look
0: <laughs> look at you right <laughs> in
1: 2020 um you know
0: you're getting are you you're said, getting political now we're gonna get political you but do that before we time go time. I'm gonna say I'll say this before we go I the I you know in having conversations with me you know I believe the universe always delivers what's needed Mm -hmm. There's no way that we would have gotten this response to the significance of Black Americans suffering in this country at the hands of the police if we weren't in a pandemic. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: If the the world hadn't already put on its brakes, businesses closed, people at home, if we didn't have enough space Mm -hmm. to respond it wouldn't have been seen. It would have been another thing that just happened because everybody would have been so caught up in daily life that Mm. they wouldn't have had time to protest in every state all over the world. So the universe really puts us in a situation of cleansing and this is when that's supposed to happen. This is the time that it's supposed to happen. I agree with you. And you you helped me with my perspective on that. Thank you, because every time somebody talked about the protest, I would go to the rioters and looters, and I was taking away from the protest. And Mm -hmm. that's the thing that should be glorified and appreciated, and not denigrated because of the looters. I was giving them also. So thank you for that. On
1: top of the looting, people love to focus on the looting and the protest, but those same people don't want to acknowledge the, because I, I do think these protests are really good for the country, not only because it's fighting for the justice for George Floyd, but that these protests, these videos are showing how hyper militaristic our actual police are mm-hmm. to daily. I mean, and people are shocked across the country and can you, you know, people are shocked across the country. Uh, and Who's I just gonna feel be like- busy? Is that your dad? Yeah, that's my dad. People are shocked around the country, uh, but don't realize that pol- police have been policing Black neighborhoods like this for decades. Yeah. I mean, this isn't new. It's just being shown on the front cover now. I don't, I feel like that's more important than the looting that's happening because those businesses are going to be replaced. But what needs to happen is change within the system of our police. I mean, they need more training than eight weeks, of course. Uh, there needs to be more legislation like, Legislating how police police people, you know,
0: but the, and this so is, there needs this to be more guidelines to
1: how to they need to way more training and de escalation because all they're doing is escalating the protest. I mean, right. and then even with the looting, it's clear that there is some outside influence from people who aren't even from the protests, people who are there just to start a riot. Mm-hmm. And there's even a video of a cop himself breaking windows at an right. auto zone. So. I just that's a very bad talking point to bring up when you talk about the protest.
0: Right. And so and that's so thank you for that for me, because I've been so disappointed in that part of it that I wasn't giving my energy to the good the goodness of it. And mm-hmm. so you saying that really just kind of sh- snapped me back into where where should my energy be going? And it should be going to the protest and the supporting of the First Amendment to assemble and to protest. Mm-hmm. So it should go there. So you're absolutely, and I appreciate you for that. Thank you, because I was really annoyed with the looting and the protest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that I couldn't even, I, with the looting and the rioting, that I couldn't even watch the protest because I was so annoyed, mm-hmm. but you're right. So thank you for that. The other thing real quick, I know we're already over time and I hate to keep you, but did you hear about the um, Black American man in Central Park, Christian Cooper? They got caught up in all this. Well, where the lady called the police on him said, she was going to call the police on him and tell him that she's being threatened by this African- oh she was holding the dog yeah
1: she was on the yeah oh, i saw that. that about a week ago yeah um i mean she already lost her job lost her dog yep. she lost like, her
0: dog yeah
1: um i mean it just shows it just goes to prove that the because she used that he's african-american as a threat right she said I'm gonna make a call and say that an African American male is threatening me. Like it was threatening me. Just in knowing all, that, because the fact that calling the police and knowing that saying that he's African American is gonna elicit a much more, uh, a much more brutal response than just saying a man a male is threatening me. Right. Just goes to show like what the culture has created. Um, i and
0: so for I'm glad her, she lost
1: her job and her dog though. Yeah.
0: So for her to do that, so you think about policing the police, but what about policing the non-police? So we have the non-police that are calling these bogus mm. calls. We've got the non-police that are trying citizens arresting and killing people. So the I police are too, but we have the non-police too that are coming, mm. that are, seem to be coming from this white America space.
1: There should be a consequence. Yeah, it should. Also, there should be a consequence if you're going to call the police just because
0: somebody's black
1: yeah just because somebody's black or just not even if they're just black but if you just don't like if you call a dog whistle or a false alarm knowingly there should be punishment for that like you should not be wasting the resources and time of the police to come uh do something to somebody that didn't do anything to you
0: right and I think that is a is, that is a is charge. Easier, I, so. I don't know how often they get charged, but there is a charge for that.
1: Yeah. So this
0: is Quentin, and he's my special guest for June for my growing men. Next week mm-hmm. I have um ja- Jair, Jair Wilkinson. He'll be here for um our next Wednesday night. Quentin has said he wants to come back, so maybe we can let him come back <laughs> once a month to give us some stock tips. We might add that in <laughs> Um, To see if he could help us make some money, set up a stock club or something, investment club, (laughs) let us make some money. So um, don't forget, all of the episodes of Joy Exposed can be downloaded from YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. so anywhere that you can find a podcast, you'll find Joy Exposed. Also, Quentin, I'll make sure you get a copy of this. You can make this, um, put this as a part of your um college, uh, your high school portfolio and send on to your mm-hmm. colleges and also use in your um resume. So we thank you very much for joining us. Do you have anything mm-hmm. you want to add before we wrap up?
1: Uh Black Lives Matter.
0: Black Lives Matter, hashtag Black Lives Matter. And Biden 2020, those are your two things, Biden
1: 2020, (laughs) yes. (laughs) All
0: right, well, thank you so much. And remember, when joy is exposed, everything just feels better. See you guys next time.